Fear keeps many people from experiencing the best of life. Being afraid, being fearful, keeps many a person from experiencing the best of life. Fear of travel keeps people from visiting distant lands, exotic locations, and all that they have to offer. Fear of rejection keeps people from starting a beautiful relationship or or forming a new friendship. Fear, fear of failure. Fear of failure keeps somebody from trying out for a team, developing a new skill or trying a new hobby or starting their own business. People miss out on life and all that it has to offer because they live in fear. And some of you here this morning are missing out on the fullness of life. You're you're missing out on God's best for you because you're living in fear instead of living in confidence. And for some of us here this morning, we're missing out on the blessing that God has that comes from living generously. The fear of giving to God financially, the fear of parting with our money, the fear, and some of you, it's it's a fear thing. You're afraid of being taken advantage of of some pastor who's going to preach on money. Or you're afraid of being taken advantage of of, because of a church that's going to ask for money. You're afraid that you're not going to be able to pay your bills or make those payments. You're afraid that you won't have enough to do certain things that you want to do. And And so instead of living generously, we live fearfully. We forget that Christ really is enough, that Christ really does supply, that Christ really is more than enough. Last week, the Apostle Paul was teaching the Corinthian believers lessons on giving, and we learned that the best way to fight greed is by learning to give. This was the outline from last week's message. Give and give bountifully, Give and give individually. Give and give purposefully. Give and give joyfully. It's found in 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 7. Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap what? Sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap what? Bountifully. Each one must do just as he is purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion. Say it with me. For God loves a cheerful giver. This week, Paul is going to seek to build the confidence of the Corinthian church because some of those at the Corinthian church were still struggling. They knew they needed to give. They knew they should be giving. They knew they should be living generously, but they were struggling to do it because of fear. And some of you here are struggling to give as God would have you give because of fear. The same struggles of Christians back then are the same struggles of Christians today. And I want you to take your Bibles and I want you to turn to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 as we study the rest of this passage. I want you to understand that that Paul is talking to this Gentile church and the Gentile church is raising money for the Jewish church in Jerusalem. And so you have these two sister churches, one church supporting another church, one a Gentile church raising money from among the people to support a Jewish church. And they had made commitments, this, this Corinthian church. And some of the people weren't following through. The same thing is true in our church. For some of you here today, you, you made commitments to God and you're not following through. You're afraid. And you're struggling. 
And just like the Corinthian church needed encouragement to trust God, so we need encouragement to trust God when it comes to giving to God. And, and just as they needed to go from fear of giving to confidence in their giving, so the same thing is true of me and the same thing is true of you. We need to go from fear of giving to confidence in giving. And we pick up the rest of this passage in verse 8 of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. And Paul reminds them, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. As it is written, he scattered abroad, he gave to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Verse 10. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in everything for all liberality, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only fully supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing through many thanksgivings to God. He mentions it twice. Because of the proof given by this ministry, they will glorify God for your obedience to your confession of the gospel of Christ and for the, the liberality of your contribution to them and to all, while they also, by prayer on your behalf, yearn for you because of the surpassing grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. So be confident in your giving. Be confident in your giving. Why? The first reason is this. Generous people experience God's incredible supply. Say that with me. Generous people experience God's incredible supply. Verse 8, he is able. Never doubt God's ability to meet your needs. Never question his power to provide. He is able. It's the same word that we get our word dynamite from. It's the Greek word for power. This all-powerful God has no problem in providing. So the question isn't whether God is able to meet my needs. The question is whether I will give generously and trust God to resupply. The question is not whether God is going to meet your needs. The question is whether we're going to trust God. Are we going to take God at his word or not? And then you have this incredible statement in verse 8. Look at verse 8. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything you may have an abundance for every good deed. Five times these all-encompassing words are used, basically saying God's giving knows no limits. It's off the charts. Don't doubt him. Don't limit him. And, and let's just pick it apart. It says here, all grace abound to you. So God's grace includes God's giving. God's grace includes God supplying you. That's part of his grace. Always enough for God's generous children. There's no end to God's supply. You know, businesses run low on things and businesses run out of things. I mean, even gas stations run out of gas of all things. Grocery stores run out of certain fruits or vegetables or bread and clothing stores run out of certain sizes or certain colors and I've been looking for this one pair of running shoes and I can't find them in my size and I can't find the ones that I want and it can be frustrating. There's never that frustration with God. He always supplies. He always supplies for his generous children. You will never run out. It's God's promise to you. God never runs low. God never runs out on supplying his children. Why? Psalm 50, 12, for the world is mine and all it contains. Everything is God's. Give with confidence. Why? Because you can't outgive God. R.G. Letourneau, specialized in earth-moving equipment, supplied the army with 70% of theirs. 
I love this quote of his. I shovel out and God shovels in and God has a much bigger shovel than I do. This is a man who was so generous with God, he got to the point in his life when he was giving 90% of his profit to God and only keeping 10% for himself. He decided to reverse the tithe and say, God, 90% of everything I make, I'm giving back to you. And that's how this man lived his life. See, we've got to stop thinking that giving results in having less. Listen carefully. We have to stop thinking that giving results in having less and start understanding giving results in having more. We, we have to stop thinking prosperity comes from holding on, holding on as, as much as possible and holding on for as long as possible and start understanding that, that when we give to God, it multiplies. It's just the opposite. And some of us here today haven't gotten that yet. You don't understand the paradoxes of God in Scripture. To lose your life is to what? Is to gain your life. And there's all these beautiful, con, uh, uh, all these beautiful paradoxes. He who is, who is last will be what? First. He who gives, it will be multiplied to you. It's God's promise to you. Look at God's promise in verse 10. Verse 11. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing. Verse 11, you will be enriched in everything for all liberality. This is the word of God. This is not my word. This is not the health, wealth, gospel. This is God's principles of giving. God supplies the seed. He created the earth and all vegetation. God supplies the bread made from the seed, which God has provided. He specializes in multiplication. It says here, he will multiply your seed for sowing. This again is the unbreakable law of the harvest. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. This I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also what? Reap bountifully. There, there are no shortages to God's promises concerning generosity. You can give with confidence. God's word is true. God's promises are Hold fast. Here's some of them. Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. Honor the Lord from your what? Your wealth. And from the first. Give to God first, not what's left over. So your barns will be filled with plenty. Your vats will overflow with new wine. It's his promise. Proverbs eleven twenty four and 5. He who, there is one who scatters, yet increases all the more. There's one who withholds what is justly due. It results only in one, in greed. You hold back, you want more. It's greed. It grows greed. It builds greed. When you don't open up and you live generously, you become greedy. The generous man will be prosperous. He who waters will himself be watered. Proverbs nineteen seventeen. He who is gracious to a poor man, lend to the Lord. And what's the Lord going to do? Repay him for his good deed. Proverbs 28, 27. He who gives to the poor will never want. He who shuts his eyes will have what? Many curses. You close your eyes to the needy. You invite curses upon yourself. Who said? God does. Malachi 3.10. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. And test me 
now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. Luke 6, 38, give, it will be given to you. There he will pour into your lap, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, for by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. Take God at his word. Promise after promise after promise after promise after promise. Old Testament, New Testament, all over the place. The promises of God on generous living. Take God at his word. Stop living in fear and start living in confidence. Verse 8, you'll have all sufficiency. The Christians who practice generous giving will always have enough. Makes me wonder why some Christians at times struggle so deeply. Maybe they don't understand or maybe they don't practice generosity. That may be one reason you have to struggle with. Philippians 4.19 My God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. It's his promise. He will supply. I know some of you think, I I just can't afford to give. You can't afford not to give. You can't afford not to give based on the promises of God's word that he multiplies and he blesses generosity. God's promises never fail. We at times fail to implement God's promises. God's promises never fail. Don't fail to implement God's promises. You rob yourself. You cheat yourself. Live with confidence. Stop living in fear. It says in everything, so that always having all sufficiency in everything. So it covers every area. No area outside of God's jurisdiction. And then it says, so you you may have an abundance for every good deed. Listen to this. I want you to get this. We are stewards of God's wealth. Whatever he's given you, whatever he's given me, we are not owners. We are stewards. It's all God's. The reason God gives to us is not just for us. The reason God blesses you is not just for you. He gives to us so that we will give to others. Get that. Understand that. I I put it this way. Because God wants us to give, God will enable us to give, but we must start to give. God wants you to give. God will enable you to give, but you must start to what? You've got to start. Some of you haven't started. Some of you have stagnated once you've started. We are God's conduit. We are God's channel of blessing to meet the needs of people. Understand that. Keep the pipes open, free of obstruction. Don't get clogged down with selfishness, and don't get clogged up with indifference, and don't get clogged up with fear. Open up the channels of blessing and let God start using you to bless other people. And start looking and start giving so that you may have an abundance for every good deed. My family was here for the conference uh, concert for Aaron Schust. And uh, one of the things they did was present the compassion ministry. And they had all kinds of people walk the aisles and handing out compassion things. And my little daughter looked at me and I said, absolutely. My wife and I have supported compassion children through the years. And, we, and, and we've seen them through high school and then, you know, it was over. So we hadn't done one in a while, supported a child. So my little eight-year-old was so excited. So I said, sure, put your hand up. And she's got her hand up. And she's got her hand up. And nobody's seen her hand. And then they run out. 
And so I said, well, we'll go out to the table and we'll go pick one up out there. So we go out to the table. There's none left. So I said, well, we'll, we'll figure something out. We can get online. We can do this. And I totally forgot about it until this past week when I'm walking around in the auditorium and just praying. I come in here during the week and I pray and walk and I pray over the seats and the people that are sitting just where you're sitting. You've been prayed for. And I went back to one of the back tables and there was one compassion child thing left. And I was like, Lord, I know what you want me to do with this. So I took it back to my daughter and that's the one we're gonna support. Now, we were gonna support an eight-year-old. This kid's 15. I said, Raina, do you, oh yeah, daddy, I wanna support this girl, Christine, and she's in Kenya and this. Just be sensitive to God's leading and what you should do when you should do it. Generous people experience God's incredible supply. Be confident in your giving. Secondly, generous people are recognized and rewarded. They're recognized and rewarded. Look at verse nine and 10. As it is written, he scattered abroad, he gave to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Verse 10, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your what? Righteousness. So we have enduring righteousness and we have a harvest of righteousness. Two different things going on with righteousness. But, he's, but understand, the first part of this is a quote from Psalm 112 verse 9. He is talking about the man of God. This is the context of a godly man who cares for the poor. God has always had a heart for the poor. God wants his children to always have a heart for the poor. That's why as a church, we prioritize ministry to the poor. That's why we have a PADS ministry for the homeless. We welcome guests here once a week on Tuesday nights. That's why we have food pantry. That's why we go to feed my starving children. That, that's why we have a benevolence ministry. And, and it says here, he scattered abroad. Godly men scatter their resources. Godly women scatter their resources to different places and different people and different ministries. They don't hold on to them. Godly people scatter their resources. It's like planting. We as a church practice this. We scatter our resources. As I mentioned last week, the single largest ministry budget in our church is missions. Nothing comes close. We give over 10% of everything that comes in out. Other churches don't do that. We do. We see this as a priority of stewardship. What do we do? Just this past year, in India, $3,000 to support 16 families whose homes burned down that are living in a church there. These are some of the wives and some of the moms who've lost their homes. In Rwanda, $10,000 we just sent to build a church for a new church plant. Here's a group of the people gathered. In Haiti, $1,000 to purchase Christmas gifts for 100 children. These are orphans. This is a picture of Susan Cook with one of the orphans. The Democratic Republic of the Congo, $3,125 for clothes and shoes and food for 125 children at the Lisa Orphanage. Here's a picture of some of the children dancing and then these two beautiful girls smiling. That's what joy looks like. Syrian refugee crisis, $1,000 to Gap Ministries. Thailand, $2,500 for the purchase of a vehicle for children's ministry. Again in Thailand, $1,000 to support a new Chiang Mai office. Mexico City, $1,500 to purchase equipment for a new church plant. Port Alegre of Brazil, $1,000 for special medical needs for one of our missionaries, Carol Clark. In Nepal, 1439, earthquake relief. This is from our cafe donations the second half of last year. You think, man, they're making so much money on the cafe. We don't make anything. It's ministry. 
It pays for itself, and then whatever comes in, we give out to ministry. Aurora, 1500 Wayside Cross Urban Youth Ministry, a program, Cafe Dominations, the first half. Here's a map of all the gifts we've given this past year, just special gifts. We scatter, we scatter, we scatter as a church, and we give, and we give, and we give as a church. Here's a map of the ongoing support for 34 missionaries and mission organizations around the world. These are the ones we support ongoing, all the time. You support them as you give to God generously. You support them. We scatter and we scatter, and we scatter. To whom much is given, what? Much is required. God has given us much as a church, and we are required to give much back. Righteousness endures forever. The godly man's reputation will live on. Eternal rewards one day receive for generosity. And verse 10, increase the harvest of your righteousness. Again, the rewards, the blessings, eternal, present day blessings. It is amazing. This is the crazy thing. Everything we have, God has given to us already. And then he rewards us for giving it away what he has first given to us. That is the generosity of your God. He's first given to you, and then you give it away, and then he rewards you. Stop holding on and hoarding in selfishness. Open up your heart as God has opened up his heart. And learn the importance of generosity. Generous people experience God's incredible supply. Generous people are recognized and rewarded. Be confident in your giving. Here's another reason. Generous people generate gratitude and glory for God. Look at verse 11 and 12. You will be enriched in everything for all liberality, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. Verse 12. For the ministry of this service is not only fully supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing through many thanksgivings to God. Look at verse 13. Because of the proof given by this ministry, they will what? Glorify God. Thanks to God. Thanks to God. Glory to God. I want you to get this. When we give, we become people's reason for praise. When we give, you put praise in the mouths of people. That's what generosity does. You fill their mouths with praise to God. It says here, which through us. So it's not to us. It's not about us getting a pat on the back. It's not about us being praised. It's about God being thanked. Our giving results in so much more than just meeting needs, much more than just helping people out. We often miss this important component of generosity. And it's praise and thanksgiving to God. There's this this dual component that comes with giving. It meets needs on earth and it sends praise to heaven. It helps people here and it exalts God there. It's practical help and it's heavenly praise. There's a dual component when we live generous lives. And, And God loves our giving. How do we know that? Because it produces praise for him. This is another reason why you never have to worry about God not supplying you to give. Listen carefully. God's praise is directly tied to God's provision. He is going to give to you because when you give, it results in his praise. 
God will supply because God loves to be praised and because God deserves to be praised. Never doubt God's provision. His praise is on the line. Don't you ever doubt God's provision. His promises are on the line and his praise is on the line. It says here, it's a ministry of your service. Look at verse 12. For the ministry of this service, what does that mean? Ministry of service refers to priestly service. So, so giving an offering is likened to an act of worship. Do you know what Paul is doing? The apostle is lifting giving to the highest possible level. It is worship. It is an act of worship. Lift your giving to the highest possible level. Understand that giving is an act of worship. Understand that generosity is an act of worship. Lift your giving to its highest possible level. The result, overflowing thanks. That's what he says here. Overflowing through many thanksgivings to God. So all of a sudden there's this flash flood of abundant praise just, just coming down, cascading down, filling up with the glory of God. Lake Oroville in Northern California just recently rose 20 feet. 20 feet in six days after storms. Many years of drought had taken its toll. For some of you here today, there's been a drought in your giving. And it's taken its toll. Isn't it time you start to fill back up? I isn't it time to put praise back in the mouths of people. No more drought, be generous. And then verse 13, it results in the glory of God. They will glorify God. It's the natural byproduct of giving is glory. It's similar thought to Matthew 5, 16. Let your sh light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and what? Say it with me. Glorify your Father who is in heaven. All glory goes to God. Giving produces gratitude and glory to God. So generous people experience this, this incredible supply from the Lord, and generous people are recognized and rewarded, and they generate gratitude and glory to God. Be confident in your giving. Verse 13, generous people prove their faith is genuine. Genuine faith is proven by your generosity. Look at verse 13. Because of the proof given by this ministry, they will glorify God for your obedience to your confession of the gospel of Christ. So the question is, is your faith gener genuine? Generosity is proof that my faith is genuine. That your faith is, is evidence, or your generosity is evidence of a true conversion. Generosity is validation that we truly have been saved. Generosity is confirmation that we are Christians. Listen carefully. Cheap, stingy Christians may not truly be Christians. Says who? Says God. Because there will be an evidence of salvation through generosity. If you're a child of God, you will be like God. And one of the most incredible things about God is his generosity. Some people's salvation is not sincere. And one of the hallmark ways God can tell is because they are so cheap and they are so selfish and they never give. And if they are not saved, they certainly are not spiritual because a spiritual person is a generous person. The sad part is your God may actually be money 
and not the Lord. Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to one and despise to others. Say it with me. You cannot serve God and wealth. It cannot be done. It's one or the other. Verse 13, because of the proof given by this ministry, never forget money is ministry. This was a Gentile church meeting the needs of a Jewish church. Giving was an act of worship. Giving was ministry. Giving is this beautiful display of genuine faith. Generosity backs up our confession. The obedience to your confession of the gospel. we We don't need more talk. We need more action. We don't need just good intentions. We need confession in action. And Paul was confident that they would follow through. That's why he wrote, for the liberality of your contribution to them and to all. He knew they weren't going to back away or back down. He knew they would give abundantly. Don't back down. Don't back away. Follow through and prove the genuineness of your faith. Be confident in your giving. Why? Generous people develop an instant spiritual bond. It's a beautiful thing that only generous people have. Instant spiritual bond. Look at verse 14. While they also by prayer on your behalf yearn for you because of the surpassing grace of God in you. So all of a sudden generosity produces prayer. Your generosity connects people to God and your generosity connects people to you. They all of a sudden are compelled to pray for you and they're compelled to intercede for you and they're compelled to bring your name before the throne of Almighty God. What do you think those churches in India are doing for the people at Harvest? What do you think that church in Africa is doing after we just blessed them with $10,000? What do you think these believers across the world are doing when we have freely given generously to them? Their hearts are connected to ours. Who are these people in this place called Oswego, Illinois? Who are these Christians who've never met us that gave us this? Who are these Christians who've never seen us that have given us this gift? Who are these people? And they take you before the throne of God. They are bonded with you. They are connected to you. They are interceding for you. That's what generosity does. There's an instant, spiritual, beautiful bond of brothers and sisters in Christ. Givers reap the prayers of God's people. Givers reap blessed intercession from brothers and sisters around the world. There are very few things I desire more than the prayers of God's people. And if you know me, I believe in prayer because I believe in God's almighty power. And I ask for prayer all the time because I know God answers prayer. Prayer is powerful. That's what your generosity does. Your generosity draws people to you and they pray for you. Don't you want people praying for you? Don't you want to be bonded with brothers and sisters in Christ? Look at this. Generosity generates affection. Look what it says in verse 14. They yearn for you because of the surpassing grace of God in you. So their hearts are knit to you. You've evidenced the grace of God in your giving. Again, people we've never met and they care for us because we've cared for them. People we've never seen and they're praying for us and yearning for us because of the surpassing grace of God in you. So giving of your resources is a way to express the grace of God. You have received God's grace and you express it one way through giving. 
generous people develop an instant spiritual bond. One more thing we see in verse 15. Generous people are most like God. Generous people are most like God. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. God's giving is the basis of all of our giving. It's the motivation for why we give. It's the example for why we give. I mean, we think on God's generosity and give him thanks. Thanks be to God. He has given us so much, so undeserved, and yet so incredible. And he he says this is an indescribable gift. That means what God has done on our behalf through his son in saving us is indescribable. It's beyond words. It is inexpressible. It, It is so utterly glorious that it cannot be fully described. You can't fully describe it. That's the gospel. This indescribable gift. Some of you are here this morning and you've never received this indescribable gift. There is no greater gift than the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. Every sin you have ever committed, forgiven. Every sin you have ever committed, washed away. Guilt, gone. Shame, gone. Forgiveness, given. That is the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. Indescribable what God has done. Those who are generous are most like God. Be most like God. Be confident in your giving. Why? Say them with me. Generous people experience God's incredible supply. Generous people are recognized and rewarded. Generous people generate gratitude and glory to God. Generous people prove their faith is genuine. Generous people develop an instant spiritual bond. And generous people are most like God. Let's pray. You who are believers in Jesus, just take a moment right now and talk to your Lord. Give him praise for all that he's done for you. Thank him for this indescribable gift of salvation. Thank him for his generosity that is beyond words. Talk to God about your giving right now. Has there been a drought? Has there been fear? Have you not been believing his promises? It's time to take God at his word and prove that he truly is God. It's also time to prove that your faith is genuine. Make those commitments to the Lord. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. You're here this morning and you've never come to faith in Jesus. And it almost seems too good to be real that a God loves me this much and he can save me and forgive me and it's free. Yes, it's free because you could never pay for your salvation. You may say, Scott, I need God. I want him in my life. What do I do? In the quietness of your heart right now, 
call out to God in faith. Just use words like these, Lord Jesus, forgive me, please. Forgive me of all my sin, all my guilt. Take away my shame. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for loving me that much. Lord, thank you for your generosity that is indescribable. I place my faith in you to save me. I can't save myself. Thank you for dying on that cross for me. Forgive me, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.